Welcome to that weekend feeling with Darren Mann. It is that weekend feeling with Darren Mann. This week, a year ago, we were in Ukraine, the Behind Enemy Lions initiative, together with the Warriors of Wildlife, Lionel DeLunga. We got nine lions out of the zoo in Odessa and made sure they were rescued and rehomed from the war zone. Lionel, hard to believe it's been exactly a year since this happened. It's flown by. Yes, Darren, how's it, man? Thanks for having me on again. It's actually flown by so quickly. I can't believe it's a year already, you know, and they're all doing extremely well. That was my next question. Can you give people an idea of where the lions are at the moment? When last did you hear from them? How are things going? No, they're doing really well, Darren. We, I mean, I don't know if everybody remembers, we eventually flew them um, in September last year. We flew them from Bucharest along with two other lions. So we flew 11 lions from Bucharest last year. We flew all 11 to Doha, and then we split in Doha, and the nine we flew to the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Colorado. We really wanted to bring them home to South Africa, but, you know, Eastern Cape, we're in a drought situation that would have been irresponsible for us to take on nine more lions. So we got them a really good home at a very reputable, biggest um, sanctuary in the United States, the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Colorado, and they're doing really, really well. Very good to hear. The other problem we faced, of course, was we didn't want to uh, break up the pride. We wanted to keep them all together. And we had a situation where the South African reserves and sanctuaries that were willing to take the lions uh, weren't able to take the entire pride. Some were willing to take two or three, and you didn't want to split them up. Yeah, that's correct. You know, and, and which I don't quite understand, you know, these other sanctuaries and other places that we, we've worked with in the past that that actually, we always talk about, you know, how bad it is to split up pride, how bad it is to take the cubs away from the mother, and so on and so forth. Yet, these places were willing to do that, and we were not going to have that at all. And that's one of the main factors of why we sent them to the States, because they, they could all live together. They're running around in around 30 hectares that they have to themselves, which is, which is really, really big. You recently returned to the Ukraine on another rescue mission. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And then maybe a comparison. It is still a war zone, a comparison between what you found it like to be now versus what we found it like to be a year ago. Yeah, Darren, you know, things have got worse, especially in the East. Um, well, not just in the East. Um, I can send you a, a clip that I recorded while I was in my hotel room um, in the center of Kiev just last week, um, where the, the close range, the, the batteries, were shooting down, the anti-aircraft batteries were shooting down missiles and um, drones, you know, directly overhead. So their daily attacks on Ukraine, um, they're increasing the amount of drones and missiles that come into Ukraine at night, and they're doing it at night when people are sleeping and at home so that they can kill more civilians. Um, it is just continuing, and the fighting in the east around Bakhmut area, Lugansk, that whole area is really, really intensified. When we were in Odessa, there were a couple of sporadic attacks, but they're also they're getting attacked a lot more now by long-range missiles and drones. Now, I've had a look and a listen to that footage that you shot at your hotel in Kiev last week, and I couldn't help but notice a lot of small arms fire, which we hadn't heard before. Okay, well, that's the yeah, arms fire. About 20 millimeter um, cannon. So... When the drones are not and the missiles are getting through the other air defense, then the close-range batteries take up. So um, they, that, that's 20 mil that you're hearing, 20 and 12-7 okay. um, that are shooting. But then you know they're very, very close, and you can actually feel the explosion. 99% are shot out the sky. One or two get through, and then they are really devastating. 
But even when they shoot them out the sky, there's all that burning debris that rains down everywhere. And also, you know, people get hurt and buildings catch fire and things like that. So they're stopping the major blast, but there's still the fallout from all the burning debris that comes down. The animals remaining in zoos and sanctuaries in Ukraine, what's the situation with them? How many are there? Are we likely to get them out? Are there rescue initiatives underway? Jeez, there's so many people who are trying to rescue. We, we Obviously, we're still trying to get hold of the black leopard and jaguar. Unfortunately, we think they might have passed on or they've been stolen by the Russians, as the Russians have been doing with other private zoos. Um, I know that they took all the animals out of the first zoo that I ever helped. They came in from Crimea took the animals out of the Karasovan Zoo and, and disappeared with them. And they weren't even really worth much as as zoo animals. Every animal is worth a lot. So please let me rephrase that before I get attacked. Um, I mean, every animal's life is worth a lot. But as zoo animals go and to put them on exhibition, they weren't really, wouldn't have been that important for anybody. But they came and took them anyway. So if they know that there was a black leopard and jaguar, which are two highly endangered species, if they knew that they are there, uh, they most certainly would have tried to take them. And if they didn't, we hope they didn't do anything. But the carers that we've been in touch with that have been looking after them, we haven't heard from them in nearly two weeks now. So we're expecting the worst, but hoping for the best. You know? So we're waiting. They're still occupied by the Russians. So we're waiting to go in and pick that up. And that's a lot in the east of Ukraine. There are a lot of private zoos. Um, a lot of people own wild animals and they're still there with them. So the number of animals, we don't know um, how many are still alive, how many are still there. Indeed. I don't even think there's a clear count of how many animals have been taken out the country. Outside of Ukraine, other international rescue efforts by the Warriors of Wildlife continue. You've just brought back your latest rescue, a troubled young cub from Israel. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. So in February, we got a call from the Israeli um, wildlife services to ask if we'd be able to help and and home a little cub. Um, he's been named Zion Neve. You can go and Google the name and see that it's got some biblical meaning to it. And then also there's that Bob Marley song, um, the one. Iron Lion Zion. <laughs> that's it. Iron like a lion in Zion, something like that. I'm not so great with lyrics. So that was also. Um, very cool. So we said absolutely we would do it. And we got this done pretty quickly. You know, we had some great people step up again. The Israeli government paid for his flight um, to get him to South Africa, which, you know, I hope you put this on air. Our government wouldn't do that. Our government do not care about any of not just wild animals, but even domestic animals in this country. The Israeli Wildlife Services and government paid for his flight out here with a couple of their carers. Then we had great help from Free the Wild again, who paid for his enclosure. And then we, you know, we've just got to make sure that we take care of him and look after him. But his story is quite, quite interesting. He was smuggled into Israel from Jordan. And he, there were videos going around TikTok about him being passed around from one owner to another and in nightclubs and then in front of cafes and everybody was petting and playing with him. And he would, I think he was sold two or three times. Um, oh, no. The Israeli Wildlife Services and the police tracked him down through TikTok, checked the various locations, and then um, raided a, an apartment in the middle of Tel Aviv. And there he was. The, the people who had him at the time weren't there, so they couldn't make the arrest, but they know who they are, and the arrest will be made imminently. And it's great to see that a government goes to so much trouble for one little line where our government doesn't care.
care about anything. He's home. He's loving it. He was a bit nervous for the, the first day, a little bit banged up, um, as they are when they travel. Um, very, very stressed, you know, new sights, new mm -hmm. sounds. He's surrounded by 13 other lions and a tiger who all roar, like, extremely loudly <laughs> at night and early in the morning. So I think he was a little intimidated by that. But it's taken 24 hours later, he's... He's a beast, man. He's running around and really enjoying his life. And now we're doing a local rescue. Um, we won't say from where yet. We don't want to cause any issues um, just yet. But we, we have, we'll have a companion for him in the next couple of weeks so that he doesn't have to spend the rest of his life alone. So currently his future is looking bright. He's at the Simbonga Wildlife Sanctuary and Game Reserve. You're on the banks of the Gamtus River. You don't get funding from government. Is donor fatigue setting in with so many worthy causes that we hear about on a daily basis? They seem to be increasing. Uh, how are you finding it uh, in terms of funding for your rescue operations at the moment? Well, we definitely don't get funded by the government. Um, the government only funds themselves. Um, so we're solely reliant on donors and sponsors to do what we do. And yes, you know, donor fatigue is setting in. I mean, this started in the middle of, of COVID already. And with the war in Ukraine and all the other things that have happened around the world, all the disasters that are happening, there's so many more projects popping up that, that people want to donate to. Um, and what is really great, but also doesn't really help us, is that everybody wants to donate towards a rescue. They want to be part of that. We helped save him. And no one really cares about the aftercare. And, and that's where we sit and we, and we struggle a bit because we have a lot of people who adopt our cats. Um, but, I mean, it's only like $10 a month, you know, so we need multiple um, pair, paw rents, as we call them, to adopt the cats so that we can continue to, to look after them. But, yeah, it's not easy anymore. It used to be a lot easier a couple of years ago. Appreciate all the work that you have done and will continue to do. And I look forward to catching up with Zion Neve myself. I'll be taking a visit out to Simbonga within the next few days and we'll be posting a video on social media as well. Good to catch up with you again, Lionel, and all the best to you and the Warriors of Wildlife. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having us on. And make sure that your passport's got a couple of pages in <laughs> so that we've got two new ambulances that we run around in Ukraine with. So I need an extra driver if you can stay awake. Deal. <laughs> That was That Weekend Feeling with Darren Mann.